Welcome to the Nerd Journey Podcast. Our goal is to help you, the technology professional, accelerate your career progression, increase your job satisfaction, and be more effective in your existing role. We want to bring listeners like you the career advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm John White at VJourneyman on Twitter, sharing co-host duties with Nick Cordy at NetworkNerd underscore. We're two former IT operations guys who have moved on to pre-sales roles with technology vendors. We have our opinions, but we also like to highlight the journeys of others and see what we can learn from them. We'd also like to ask for your feedback to make this a conversation, not a one-way broadcast. Email us at nerdjourneypodcast at gmail.com or DM us at nerdjourney on Twitter. So come join us on our nerd journey. Let's take a trip. Buckle up, listeners, because episode 262 is coming right now. You joined us for the final installment of our discussions with Brandon Seymour. He's the director of solution architects at a technology solution company called Callion. If you missed the previous discussions with Brandon, let's do a quick recap. In part one of our discussion with Brandon, episode 260, we heard about Brandon's experience in the Marine Corps, why he joined what it was like to experience boot camp, the impact of a devastating injury. Brandon spoke to us about how he figured out what to do next after the Marine Corps and why he went into the technology field. And then he spoke about a shift of focus within technology in the type of work he wanted to do. In part two of our discussion with Brandon in episode 261, we got to hear about Brandon's love of the technology and a love of learning. There was a specific technology stack he spoke about that really ignited his passion, so much so that he decided to become a community group leader for that technology stack. So he created the group, he marketed events, and grew the group to many, many members. Brandon spoke to us about working for a value-added reseller and how that compares to working in IT. We talked about what a technical brand owner was, as well as why he went into blogging. As the trilogy concludes this week in part three, let's start with a question. What would you do if a global pandemic took away the things that you loved about your job? How would you even know if it was affecting you? And what do you do about it? So how does that relate to the rest of Brandon's story? Well, let's get to it and find out. Here we go with part three and the conclusion of our discussions with Brandon Seymour. Speaking of blogging, Brandon, one of the most interesting blogs that I've read of yours was called The Crisis of Loneliness. And it was about some of the struggles you had. I would be Curious if maybe you could share a little bit about what that blog said and what led to you writing it. Yeah, that was very much a different blog than I had ever written before. Most of my stuff that I write, well, all of my stuff that I write is about technology, uh, mostly VMware. But that one came out of very personal experience. As we all know, we had a pandemic. Um, We all were affected by COVID. Before COVID came, I was extremely busy. I was traveling all over the United States teaching on VMware. I was meeting with customers on a daily basis and helping them with their solutions. 
and having a lot of success there. And then COVID came. And as we know, that shut everybody's lives down. We've all experienced some piece of that. As living now that I live in Texas, I've realized that uh, some portions of the country were affected a little less than others. Being in New York at the time, I was very heavily affected by by COVID. Um, I was removed from my day-to-day grind and all the travel that I was doing into my office space, which was in my bedroom at the time. And so there was really no transition from work to my home life. It was always there. One was there and there was no separation for me. And then being a very um, social person and being used to being out and socializing with individuals, the lockdown into my own bedroom basically 24-7 started to take a very noticeable mental dive in my own life. I guess that's how I'd put it. I was really affected mentally by the lack of socialization and the lack of division between work and home. And that's really sort of the crux of that blog where it begins. In the blog, I talk about my journey through that. And it was a very personal blog. I I can tell you I was, and I actually started it out this way. I, I, I think I started the blog saying that I'm really scared about writing this because I wasn't sure if everybody was going to look at me as a nut job that had all these feelings. And I was just kind of throwing them out there and showing that I struggled. I had a lot of depression during COVID. And, but I, I knew I needed to kind of share my story and share what I went through and how I got through to the other side in hopes that people would read it and come away with some potential healing or ideas toward healing themselves, I felt like was more important um, than my own comfortable, me being comfortable, just kind of having gone through it and hiding away. I felt like I needed to expose this thing, Um, especially a lot of the thoughts that I had around how men in particular deal with the mental stress that we have in our lives. And how was the mental strain this time different from the mental taxation from something like a military boot camp? Oh, wow. It was completely different. It had been something that I didn't experience before. And to be honest, I didn't even initially recognize the symptoms in my own life as I was journeying through this. As I was going through it, I started to realize that there were aspects of me that were getting lost in the moment, that I was almost like disappearing. Who I was was disappearing. And I was going down a hole that I didn't necessarily know how to dig out of. And it was completely different than this, you know, mental mind games of the Marine Corps. This was very much on a personal level. This was very much internal struggles, not really dealing with the outside effects of somebody screaming in my face, but more of trying to hold on to who I was while it was slipping away. Now, was this something that a member of your family pointed out to you or perhaps a coworker before you really realized it was happening? No, actually, it happened in a conversation I was having with my wife. 
I just had this like moment of vulnerability to, to her and clarity in the moment where I had known it was going on for some time, but I was hiding it from everybody, or at least I thought I was hiding it from everybody. And I was doing that for several reasons. One, I was, we were in a lockdown with COVID and the nation was scared, obviously, of what that meant. But that also translated into my home. My family was also uh, in the home with me and they were scared and they were looking to me to comfort them through this situation as well. Um, so I felt like I needed to be strong and present a strong presence for them um, during this time so that they felt comforted. I didn't want them to see me fall apart and, you know, feel like they needed to fix the situation. Um, not that they could, or that I was going to add to the stress that they were under already from the whole COVID experience. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I can completely understand how we as heads of household want to be strong for our families, especially when things are uncertain. We want to be that that rock or source of calm. And it's hard when maybe you don't feel that way inside. I wonder, once you spoke to your wife about it and recognized or verbalized what you had been starting to recognize, what do you do to try and improve that? Like if someone listening resonates with what you're saying and they feel sort of the same way, what advice would you give them to improve the way they feel and, and how, how can they proceed from there? Like at what point would seeking outside help or mm -hmm. looking for support resources be the way to go? Yeah. I think when I am not a professional in this area, I can only speak to my own experiences. And that's one thing that I mentioned in the blog is like, you know, I'm just throwing this out there in hopes that, you know, people get something from it. But there's no real manual to follow when it comes to mental health. You know, you can't just be like, okay, well, you know, I'm feeling this particular way. So I'm going to, you know, if I follow a prescription and I go from A, B, C, and D, I'll get to, you know, G eventually. Sometimes you go and you might go A, B, C, and then you got to go back to A. And then maybe it's actually for that day, the next day, it's actually you need to go, you know, past G back to A. There's no real prescription to how you, you get from one place to the next. The one thing I will say is, is that I found that you have to be honest and you have to be kind to yourself. So first, be honest about what you're feeling. I think a lot of the times as men, we try to downplay what we're feeling, especially in the context of we don't want to look weak. So you got to get rid of that mindset of like, if you feel a particular way, that's going to um, make you look a particular way. You just have to kind of learn how to set that aside and just say, this is who I am and I'm going to be real in this moment. And again, what I had prior learned in the Marine Corps was asking for help. And in that moment, it was, you know, talking with my wife about what I was feeling, gaining more clarity and 
starting to build strategies around how I could adjust things to not feel those things as much as I was, right? So for example, you know, being stuck in my my job, which was in my bedroom, and my when I was break from work and I was in my bedroom, I was still at work. You know, how could I alleviate that situation to not feel that way, not feel that there was some type of separation there? Or one of the things we started to do as things opened up was um, we started to take walks outside as a family. So we started getting fresh air again. We started visiting parks as many as we possibly could. We got a map and we started mapping out all these different places we could go and see outdoors and walk around lakes and be, you know, with each other out of our home to bring some mental break to us as well. So things like that really started to turn the the tide for myself. Were there any specific things that you did that were just for you that maybe didn't include your family? Because I know while we do need family time and I totally get it and I love the going outside As you said before, we also need some sort of transitional time between, okay, I'm working, I'm with family, some kind of time to ourselves that maybe we shortchange some of the time. Yeah, I think that's tough for all of us, right? Because we have work that's consuming some of our time. If we're married, we have our spouse that wants, you know, a piece of us. Uh, If we have children, they also want a piece of us Um, and we can only, you know, go so thin. I was actually just talking with my daughter about this the other day and I always look at things from a biblical standpoint. So I was looking at, I was actually talking with her about leading like Christ in all aspects of our lives and how you can't be selfish with things. But if you look in the Bible, when Jesus would speak with the multitudes you know, he would come from that. And a lot of the time somebody would need something from him and he would be selfless and he would still give to them um, in their moment of need. And a lot of the times as fathers, we do that for our families as well. But just as Jesus did, he needed times to break and spend time regenerating himself of who he was um, with the father and allowing himself to, you know, have some personal time. And I think that's an aspect that we forget sometimes that we as individuals, and especially as fathers, um, need to take time and a break for ourselves. And I found that through reading. So I ended up uh, finding books like, you know, discovering, you know, my why. Why am I driving in my career? What am I doing that for? Different things that I wanted to read about that I had been putting off for a while um, that I thought would help me grow as a leader and grow as a leader in my family, and grow as a leader as my work, but also help me understand, you know, different aspects of things I was doing in my own life. And so I just started reading as many things as I could in, in time that I could. I would set time purposely aside to to just read things that I wanted to. And was this a paper book, a digital book, audio book, any particular medium that you found most helpful? All of the above, honestly. I have a ton of uh, audiobooks so it was you know just sitting and listening to somebody read a book to me or it was picking up a book and, and reading it myself and just trying to you know grow and, and learn something new about myself discover something new I like the idea of this regeneration time or time of refreshing and renewal 
And you're absolutely right that Jesus had to do that and be away from the multitudes that he was serving. And we we need that too. I think everybody needs a little bit of the time to themselves. Are there any specific books that you read that you would rank in your top few that were the most helpful during this time as you started to do these things for yourself again? So one of them that I actually read that kind of changed the way that I looked at doing business with my customers was a book by Christian Espinoza called The Smartest Person in the Room. So I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but- I haven't read that one. What it did for me was allowed me to not always have to feel like I need to be the one talking about the technology and try to be you know, the guy in the room that knows everything about everything and instead allow myself to take a step back and listen more and listen to what was coming from um, the individuals in the room, allowing them a voice over my own. And that gives you a different perspective when you are actually a listener and an active listener than when um, you are just trying to get your viewpoint across um, and try to sell something to somebody. Instead, you're really listening to what they're asking for and then trying to tailor something specific around what that is. It's a different way of approaching my customers. Yeah, probably really good for family interactions too. I would definitely say so. So another um, uh, book that I read about was uh, Servant Leadership, and that is really how to lead like Jesus. And that really changed my perspective on how I dealt with the individuals that were um, working on projects for me or those peers that I interacted with um, and people that were under me. And honestly, that was another aspect that changed the way that I even view things within my own family um, and my marriage. And that is that um, you lead in the sense like Jesus led, um, where he is a servant first, not a leader. I think if you look at what was expected of his arrival was that he was going to be a king and a conqueror. And instead he became the ultimate servant who gave his life for everybody. And when I take that approach and I look at, you know, okay, what's my role here for an individual that maybe is under me uh, in my current role? Well, from a servant leader standpoint is I'm not looking um, for something from him, but I'm looking what I can build in him and how I can support and help him uh, with his career and make him successful. Because in return, his success is my success. And it's the same way with my kids, putting their things first, putting their needs before my own, um, and building into them will ultimately lead to my success as well. Just like you were talking about writing the blogs for yourself, will ultimately accomplish the same goal that you said or helping somebody encouraging them to to write something about a day in the life of a, of an administrator or a particular technology stack and their perspective on it though perhaps you didn't write the article yourself you supported someone and encouraged them coached them if you will to to do the thing and it makes you better and in the process their success is your success. I really like that approach. And I think it's a different way of um, leading as well. You're not necessarily looking 
your motivation isn't necessarily what you are getting out of it, but what others are getting out of it. Yeah. As we talked about finding the time to, to get refreshed or renewed, the, the enjoyment you found in reading, how have you created boundaries around that so that you can still be a servant to everyone you need to serve, but still be kind to yourself? That's always a challenge, I think. For myself, I, what I try to do on a daily basis is set aside time for me. And being in IT, that can be difficult. Oh, yeah. There might be something that, that takes that time, and that's okay. It, it happens um, as long as it's not happening every single time. Um, but what I do is I try to find pockets uh, in my day, and I actually put it on my schedule. So in my calendar, I will put focus time. Um, and it's something that I want to focus on for me. It is not related to work. It's not related to family. It's something that interests me in particular that I want to maybe learn about or something that I'm wanting to pursue, or maybe it's a, even a show I want to binge watch or something. Um, so I'll set time aside to just, you know, let me have me time and, and do, do branded. Yeah. We, we all need that that me time it's like a checking account if you're continually withdrawing you're eventually going to run out or overdraw and if you overdraw on your own energy then you're not really good to anyone including yourself yeah agreed we only have so much energy and uh we need to be recharged as well i like your analogy there but i think of like an iphone as well like use your iphone you can only get so much out of it and then you have to plug it back in it's got to get charged so sometimes it's you know what are you plugging it into because what you're plugging it into could be just as bad as well oh that's a great point so watch what you're where you're spending your time because that could be detrimental as well um try to do something that is going to uplift you and and uh or build into you i always tell my kids like find time to build into yourself and and that becomes a positive thing in your life because you know maybe Maybe it's something that you're trying to accomplish, but you're doing it in a baby steps and you know, it's going to take longer time to do it. But you know, once you get it accomplished, then, you know, you feel good because you've accomplished something for yourself or you learn something new. Yes. 100%. As we get close to winding down here, Brandon, were there any other things that you did for yourself and or your family that helped you come out of the loneliness and, and the depressive feelings? that you had? Cause it sounds like you're in a much better place now than even when you first wrote the blog. And I think it's fantastic that you've scheduled time for yourself, things that you want to do. Any other tips for people who may be feeling the same way? The, the, the important thing is to look to resources around you, right? Be honest uh, about the way you're feeling. Um, first and foremost, be kind to yourself about the way you're feeling. And then use the resources around you, right? I had family that was supportive of the way I was feeling and helped me have an avenue to talk about my feelings and get them out and help me strategize on ways that uh, we could work together to change some of our physical situations that were causing me problems. You know, some, sometimes you just have to r remove yourself physically from the situation. And that helped us a lot. For those 
you know, in IT or, or, or with work, you have an employee assistance program that everybody can, you know, reach out to. Um, I've had to do that in the past as well. And, um, with other jobs and that's very beneficial too, because they're there to support you as, as a person, not just an employee, but as an individual contributor and who you are, they want to see that you, your well-being is taken care of. And that's why companies have the employee assistance program for you to reach out to. Um, they can put you in or connect you with different resources, depending on what your, your issue is. Maybe it's a health counselor to, or somebody to talk to that you don't have uh, the ability to you know, have somebody prevalent in your, your area of, uh, or your home or whatever that is, is there for you to talk to. So you, they'll help you connect with somebody. There's also the National Institute of Mental Health. You know, that's a great organization that is there to, again, just provide resources for individuals and don't isolate yourself. I think isolation is, is very bad. So purposely get yourself out of your situation and, and find places to connect. I've always felt like, especially in IT community groups, um, IT community groups, because we have a similarity in the fact that we're all in IT. And we all know the struggle and we've all been through uh, upgrades and the disasters of those things or a disaster recovery testing that didn't go too well or, you know, having to do backups over the weekend or file transfers over the weekend. You know, all those fun things that we get to enjoy that nobody else gets to enjoy. Those are things that can connect us together as humans. So I think that's, uh, you know, important to just stay connected with other groups and don't isolate yourself. Oh, that's such great advice. And I think that's a, that's a great place to end our discussion, Brandon. I want to thank you so much for taking the, the time to chat with us for so long. If people want to follow up on this discussion, where can they reach out to you? They can reach out to me through my blog. It was vmwarevelocity.com. Now I changed it to virtualizationvelocity.com. So they can reach out to me through there. I have my contact information on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a great discussion. Appreciate your time. Thank you. It's one thing to be a guest on a podcast, but it can be extremely nerve-wracking to share your story of struggle with a bunch of people who might listen to this. So Brandon has shared his struggle in not only written form, but also now in audio form. But Brandon took the attitude that being comfortable was a lot less important than sharing the struggles he had with other people so that they could learn from it. And I think that captures very well what servant leadership is about. And I know we talked about it a great deal during that discussion, but this focus on the needs of others and giving to them. I think a good book to read if you're interested in servant leadership is Give and Take by Adam Grant. He talks about people's reciprocity styles and how giving can actually bring you energy and that the amount of giving, even if it's over and above your current responsibilities, there are ways to give that perhaps might prevent us from being so drained. 
Speaking of being drained, we talked about the societal expectations based on our roles in society. Maybe you're a father, a mother, a single parent, or someone with some type of responsibility that requires you to be the source of strength for others. We certainly want to be that, but just knowing that we're expected to be that can make it hard on us because we know that we can't be strong all the time for the people who need us. We just can't because we're human. We're imperfect. We run out of gas. We need to recharge. We have to make sure that we take time to care for ourselves and be aware of the toll that being that source of strength is taking on us. Maybe you're a people manager. That can take a toll. The stresses and responsibility of managing a team or an entire organization even. I love the approach that Brandon took to talk to someone about how he felt. He didn't dismiss the feelings. He spoke openly about them to someone he trusted. In this case, it was his wife, but maybe for you, it's someone else that you can talk to about the way you're feeling without judgment. Because you shouldn't feel judged for feeling a certain way because the feelings are your own. They're no one else's. But when you get into this rut or a state of depression, as Brandon kind of classified it in his blog, or loneliness, he used reading as a way to bring him out of it, let him focus on growth and learning. Well, growth and learning have been consistent themes in his story. He really likes things that allow him to learn and grow. So it absolutely makes sense to me that going back to something he really enjoyed in a time when some of the other things he enjoyed were taken away is a great way to breathe energy into oneself. And he's also learned to take time for himself. It's not for his family. It's not for his job. It's just for him so that he doesn't get lost in that lack of transition between work life and home life. I'm talking to you just as much as I'm talking to myself, dear listener. If you don't have some time that's just for you and no one else, it will take a toll on you. Even if it's only a few minutes a day, you should try to protect some time for just you because you need that time to recharge and move things forward that are personal to you. We each need to take that time, but we need to be careful with how we're spending that me time. What's something you really enjoy? Maybe you need to use the, the me time for that. Again, as we mentioned, this was a really tough topic to take on. Really appreciate Brandon being a guest to talk through it. If you're looking for other hard topics that we've covered that might relate to this in certain ways, I would check out episode 160 with Andy Surwich on anxiety. We also talked a lot about anxiety with imposter syndrome with Cody DeArkland in episode 85. Another tough topic was substance abuse and alcoholism that we discussed with Larry Roberts in episode 255. Another difficult topic I would highlight that we've taken on the show is grief and loss. And we did that with Mike Burkhardt in episodes 109, 110. There are certainly more, but there are a few samples to get you going. Is there a difficult topic that you wish we had taken on, but we haven't? Let's hear it. Reach out to us at nerdjourneypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at B Journeyman, for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore, signing off. Adios. Adios.